This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a podcast about two things, helping those with urgent needs in front of us today and improving the road so others can walk it safely in the future. Welcome to The Better Samaritan, where we're learning how to do good better. I'm Laura Finch, producer of the podcast, and I'm joined today by Jamie Ayton and Kent Annan, the co-directors of the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College. We decided to do this episode because we realized that we've never really introduced these guys and really gone into some of their stories and, and what HDI even is. You may have been listening for a while and wondering what it stands for or what is entailed. So this is the episode for you. So Jamie, why don't we start with you and why don't you tell us what HDI is and where it lives and what is offered there? Yeah, glad to, Laura. So the Humanitarian Disaster Institute, we're the very first faith-based academic disaster research center in the country. And we are officially celebrating our 10th anniversary year. So (laughs) really excited about that. And so we started um, HDI 10 years ago, and then a handful, a little less than a handful of years ago, launched a new master's program uh, at Wheaton College in humanitarian disaster leadership, and also collaborating with the clinical mental health counseling program at Wheaton College to offer a graduate certificate in trauma. Nice. So you offer a master of arts in humanitarian and disaster leadership, but it didn't always, it wasn't always that way, right? When the program first started you offered what? Yeah. So when we first started, we were really a research center. So Mm. helping to use the the research that we had to turn into tools to be able to equip the local church. So our our mission is to help the church prepare and care for a disaster-filled world. So we started with research. And then out of that research, we identified a need for graduate level training that we heard from Mm. executives from evangelical Christian organizations all over the globe. And we did a study. And what we found was that they said that, you know, we have some people that have a great uh, technical skill, but they don't know how to integrate their faith. Or we have people that are really on fire with their faith, but they're lacking a technical skill. And so our goal was to step in and help people bring both their faith and a technical skill to doing good better. Jamie, I don't, sorry to jump in, Laura, this Kent, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but do you remember what your, your first study that HDI did was? Either like what topic you were looking at right as you launched HDI or what the very first study for HDI was? Well, Kent, this is going to shock you. It was about disasters. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think one of our first big studies that we did um, was looking at the tsunami in Japan after the 311 mm. earthquake and tsunami. So, you know, I, I've been research. I had restarted researching um, disasters about five years prior, but then coming to Wheaton, that was one of our first big projects that we collaborated with World Relief and the Japanese Evangelical Alliance um, to be able to help strengthen capacity for spiritual and emotional care through our research and training. 
That's great. And there's really been a, th- a through line of that that's kept on developing for, for 10 years now. Yeah. So, um, Jamie, do you want to talk about, since we're, since we're, we have you on the hot seat right now, um, why disasters in the first place? Well, for, for me, this wasn't something that I ever thought I would be studying or working mm, really? in. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit of an oddball in a lot of ways, but but also professionally even, in that um, I'm actually a psychologist that's in this space. And the way that I got into this was that I had moved to South Mississippi just six days before Hurricane Katrina hit. And wow. then within weeks was on the ground doing research and working with local churches. And then suddenly found you know, myself kind of like five years in, and that's, I was oftentimes the only psychologist at the table uh, in those communities that had been impacted. Wow. And I, you know, I always think of a story that you shared from that time in your life that really, I think has informed the Better Samaritan um, about the church or the organization that sent like a truckload of frozen food down to the Southern coast to a place where there was no power. So all these good intentions just, just figuratively and literally kind of gone to waste. Um, And I think that has really, like I said, it's really informed the better Samaritan and the way that we approach both the blog and the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the kind of idea for HDI came out of that Katrina experience for me that that one of the, my first times um, being on the coast area, helping and seeing this church that had been, and if you go to our offices, you'll actually see this giant picture that we have in there of a church that on one side looks fully intact, but the other side's hollowed out. And I remember standing there looking at that church before taking the picture and just realizing that there wasn't a place that local churches could turn to for help or resources that was both scientifically informed as well as theologically informed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Um, okay. So now I'd like to know. to be on the hot seat now. No, I know. Well, I was I like just going to say, when did you meet Kent? How was that match like made? <laughs> Who was the matchmaker? We need the whole story. <laughs> Well, Kent, do you want to share that one? Uh, sure, I can get started. It'll be interesting to see. Like we've talked about it before, but not some of the details. So I was on a foundation board uh, that gave grants, um, especially in Southeast Asia and Haiti. Um, backing up one step earlier, I'd worked in Haiti for many years, lived there for two and a half years, and worked there, been going back and forth for about a dozen years. And so I was on this foundation board that gave grants. Um, in Haiti. So I was there with some colleagues doing some work in Haiti. And then we knew that one of our, the, we'd given a grant to this HDI thing, you know, which I knew. So I would have, mm. you know, read a proposal um, sure. there. Now I get to get to help Jamie work on writing them together. But so read a proposal, obviously I made the right decision voting for it uh, instead of against. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we, and so we knew this project is a really cool project that was working with Restavec children and mental health and a psychologist Jamie can correct some of the details in in Haiti um so rest of X are children who are in kind of traffic children who are living away from home often abusive situations um I, I can't remember the numbers exactly now but it can maybe a couple hundred thousand children living in this situation away from home being exploited for labor and often abused in other 
ways. And so they're working on this project. It seemed really neat. And we knew we had, you know, given it as part of the grant to do it. And so we popped in, I think it was really only for five or 10 minutes. And I can actually still picture the room. You know, it's interesting. I think because it became really meaningful afterwards, you know, like my memory called it back because it's been so meaningful to get to work with Jamie and become good friends. And so that's kind of how I remember it. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, no, that's that's how I remember it too. And I, and I remember, um, you know, so we were there on the ground there in Haiti and we were providing a training and setting up actually a clinical trial for a spiritually oriented intervention for trauma for the, for the rest of it kids. And um, we're working with the University of Notre Dame's um, medical school there in Port-au-Prince. Got a hold of one of his books that he had written about his experience in Haiti and was just really impacted by it. And then we started kind of having some emails back and forth. And if he came through Chicago, there was a while that, uh, you know, anytime he'd kind of come through the Chicago area, we'd get together and I would have coffee. He would have tea. Um, I would always (laughs) invite him to coffee, but he always had tea. And, um, which did, by the way, make me a little suspicious of you, Ken. Uh, <laughs> but we'd get together and oftentimes talk about writing and you know what we were doing. And then for me, it was this moment when I had the opportunity to start the master's program and uh, thinking about you know who would join our team. And I remember thinking, who would I want our graduate students to look like when they graduate? Like, like who are those humble leaders out there mm. that I would want them to emulate? And Kent was the first person came to mind. So I still remember I was walking downtown Wheaton with my daughters. We were going to grab ice cream. And I had that thought of, oh, Kent would be perfect for this. So I just <laughs> randomly gave him a quick call as we were walking to Kimmer's ice cream and said, hey, you know, I just left him a message of, you know, we're starting this master's program. Wonder if there's any way I could convince you to try to come over here and join us at HDI. Right. Because that meant giving up Florida. For Chicago. Yes, as November rolls in. um, That is a significant (laughs) sacrifice that was made. Let's just pause on that. Yes. And then I think, you know, and then having these conversations, I just, uh, I mean, I think the moment Jamie mentioned it, it just clicked with, you know, not clicked knowing for Mm -hmm. sure vocationally, like vocationally thinking, man, I'd love to be part of that in some way, not knowing, you know, where our family was, all these other things. But I, I just think Jamie's vision and timing to go out of HDI, which had this research backing and solid Mm -hmm. biblical theological grounding. And then, as he said, like even that research led to this program, it just uh, clicked to me like, oh, this is like might've been the masters I would have done if it existed, you know, when Mm. I was getting started in this work. And then, you know, just wanting to um, serve people in this space. We want to have the best grounding and formation to be able to do this kind of work in a healthy way and a good way and insightful way. And we also want the very best research when we step into people's lives and their most right. vulnerable moments. And I just thought Jamie's vision to try to bring together the world-class research that he was already doing um, yeah. with, you know, the faith foundation that he has and that's at Wheaton and then to bring those together in this master's, it just really clicked. And, um, and it was was hard to say no to obviously because then we yeah. <laughs> we, we moved up to and then you know the the you know also just seeing getting to know jamie at first as you all have gotten to know him on the podcast and maybe through writing you know he's so great to work with have such a um such insight as a scholar to also do the kind of practical things that we were just talking about earlier and katrina being in the room being on the ground 
and then to have vision for something like this, uh, and then to be uh, be fun when we laugh a lot together as well. You know, it, was, <laughs> it really was a yeah. great mix. I've been honored to be here. I've been here for like almost three and a half years now. It's been fantastic. Yes, and we're lucky to have you. So yeah, you're not the first person I've ever heard say, you know, boy, if HDI had existed, right, when I was looking for graduate programs or when I was considering career options, like I would have picked that. So um, I know that 56 people have already graduated. We have 54 enrolled. So after 10 years, I'm not that great at math, but I know that's like exponential growth. (laughs) So can you talk about what that has looked like over, especially the last few years that the MA has, has been around? Yeah, I think we, you know, Jamie had this vision and developed this initial curriculum. And then I came on, I think it was about November. So maybe it is actually exactly four years this month, um, just kind of as we were still preparing and working it through. And it's one of those field of dreams things like uh, you Mm. have to build it and see if people will will come (laughs) (laughs) as we watch the numbers of who, you know, who who would apply or not apply. And, um, you know, so super encouraging the first year. I can't remember the, you know, exact numbers now, but I think we we exceeded in each of the first three years, you know, now into year four, the, the projections of what would happen. And I think there was a really big jump between year one and, you know, year one was bigger than we thought and a really big jump between year one and year two. And I think that was just, you know, confirmation that this was meeting this felt need of people who might go to, um, you know, might go to a secular institution to get some of the kind of Mm -hmm. rigor of training or might go to a Christian college for formation, not get some of this training that there was this meeting this need that Jamie had identified with NGO leaders around the country. Um, And so, yeah, so it's been amazing. I think we, we, uh, I think Jamie first started using this, we building the plane while fr- flying it. And so we had a great first <laughs> couple of cohorts. And, you know, as we invited them in on the first, you know, the first hour, I think we said, we're grateful you're here. We have a plan. So, uh, but we're also going to be kind of creating this together. And, and so we have to give credit to them as well. Like the, the mm-hmm. students that first year and really every, every subsequent year have helped create the program. I mean, that really literally right. and, and insights or something I was emailing with colleagues last week, I think another improvement because of something a student made a suggestion in class last Wednesday, and I think it's going to make the classes mm. better and complement each other. So, um, so I think Jamie's vision and then working together with the team to, to create it. And then uh, the whole staff has been fantastic as we've improved it, all the faculty members, and then the students are very much part of this. And it also feels like a conversation with nonprofit leaders that we're having all the time or when right. we're doing field visits, like all, all of that just keeps informing it. So it's been fantastic to grow in numbers, like you said, of, of seeing these graduates being out doing amazing work in the world. And also, I think, keep on growing in insight and and quality because of the community that's building up around this, uh, around HDI and around the master's program. Yeah, absolutely. There is a community. And can you just maybe list off for people like a few of the course titles so that people can get an idea of what is actually entailed. Yeah. So one of the things with the way our program is structured is that it's really interdisciplinary. 
You know, it's mm. w- one of the things I love the most about our students is that they really come from all walks of life, you know, both from, you know, maybe it's a yeah. major. So, you know, we've got some folks that knew right, you know, from day one in college that they wanted to go into relief or humanitarian work or development. Mm-hmm. But then we have others who have been maybe art majors or music majors, business finance folks, you know, and, and then from all different stages of life as well, from new grads to folks that are retiring and looking at a second career. And, and so with the curriculum itself, we really cover a wide range of courses that kind of fall into kind of four or five kind of buckets, you could say. So being mm-hmm. disaster management, international development, looking at mass trauma, refugee and immigration issues, and then the last one being gender-based and trafficking. You know, so, so those are kind of the mm-hmm. broad categories that they tend mm-hmm. to fall into. But one of the things we also try to do is to really made, make the curriculum really applied and hands-on and experiential as much as we can. And so this year, Kent and our colleague, Jamie Goodwin, were uh, leading the foundations course, and they took it the extra mile. They they brought in tornado warnings to uh, the first mm-hmm. week of class a couple of times. So, you know, we, we don't take, you know, experiential learning lightly. We deliver on this. So, and I'll, I'll let Kent share about that, what happened. Yeah, exactly. Because we and, and actually, when Jamie and I were teaching it the year before, we'd had a tor- tornado actually come through the through campus in between us yeah. and the main, the oldest building on campus, and take down. You know, you could see the some large, large uh, tree branches came down, and actually a steeple off a church that you know, it was only a, I don't think you're exaggerating, like a, what a hundred yards uh, from yeah, it wasn't from the far classroom away, so. where we were. And we fortunately we had paid attention to the buzzing on our phones and everything. And we went down to the basement and continued class as, <laughs> as uh, we want to do. And then it happened again this year as well. So we, um, the, yeah, we're, our experiential learning is we'll keep it safe, but we take it seriously. If you come to, <laughs> if you come to study with us, oh you can evaluate yes. how we respond to things. <laughs> yes. So, so, so those weren't planned experiential learning uh, situations per se, but we, we do also have like one of my favorite things that we offer in addition, you know, so like that foundations course is so fun because it's, um, it's an intense week long experience and everybody, cause we offer two tracks, both both online and on campus, but everybody comes for that first mm-hmm. week and they get mm-hmm. to know our full HDI team really well. They also get to know some of the other profs and faculty folks from across campus. And then we end up doing a lot of things that are unique sh- to Chicagoland, like getting to meet different NGO leaders and organizations locally and taking some field um, visits there. But at the end of the program, everybody goes through, again, together, a field simulation course where we end up bringing in some of our colleagues that we just feel so grateful to collaborate with who both have been in the fields of international development and international relief work for goodness. They've both been in, both Rob and Roger have been in the field for over 20 years apiece. And they help lead these hands-on simulations where students go through what it would actually be like. And they kind of start to have that chance to put some of the learning into practice. So what would you say to someone who is really intrigued by the, by the masters, but they're not quite there yet? What, what other, are there any like online courses that you can take or um, other ways to just keep tabs on HDI? Just come join us. Come on. What are you waiting for? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, it's a big decision. We understand that. So, you know, we do, 
really by having the better Samaritan, having this podcast, I think, you know, shows you the kind of angle we're coming from and what we care about, what we're putting on the blog, you know, Jamie and Laura and I working on that and the kind of writers and topics that we highlight, um, you know, both of us have lectures that are available on, you know, online in different places and we're on social media. So um, occasionally we'll do a streaming lecture, but really those are the, the ways to see what we're doing and be able to check out our books um, and guest faculty, uh, the full curriculum with the course list is online as well. So I feel like there, there are lots of, you know, lots of tastes where people can really see, oh, this is where they're coming from. And we really have faith and humility and a dedication to best practices and research and being really engaged on the ground. I think all these um, principles for us, a lot of them are grounded in Micah 6.8, which is um, a really meaningful guiding verse for us. Um, you know, what is it we're to do? With our lives, it's to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And so we see that guiding us in the kind of work we do. So, um, yeah, if you're, and then the other thing, we're always also happy to hop on a quick Zoom call with you or have conversations with you as well if you're you're really considering it. So, yeah, we love being part of this community and having these these conversations along the way to see if it's a right fit for you. Nice. Um, any offerings for people maybe that are just serving in their local church, trying to learn how to do good better, um, any any courses or conferences they can join in with? Sure. You know, so if you visit our, our website at wheaton.edu backslash HDI, you'll find just access to tons of different free resources that our teams created, including collaborations with our students. So that, that's another fun thing that I enjoy is getting to work with them um, and also other collaborators outside of Wheaton even on some of these resources. But again, lots of free tools on disaster ministry, how to navigate COVID-19. We also launched a spiritual first aid official certificate course. And so that's another great um, way to get equipped. And it's something that can be applied in everything from life stressors to major life altering crises like a disaster. And so we developed that course and have just really appreciated the feedback and the hearing the ways people are using what they've learned there. And you can find more out again by either visiting HDI or going to spiritualfirstaidhub.com, where again, you'll find a lot of free resources like tip sheets, booklets, and manuals. We even actually have a kid's book on there for free download that a colleague of ours wrote. So again, lots of free resources there. Very cool. Okay, now you two are not getting out of the quick five. I should have seen this coming, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't yep. you did not see it coming. <laughs> you didn't. Okay, so question number one: a book you're currently reading. Um, I'm reading. This is way off track of our topic, but um, it's for a, thinking through a writing project. I'm reading the diary of Virginia Woolf. It's like a writer's diary, so it's sort of this intellectual diary about influences on her writing and so uh, um not not something i usually would you would have caught me writing reading at the moment but that's what i'm reading right now mm -hmm. and i'm reading right now the body keeps score so i'm going back and rereading it actually so had read it a number of years ago but um it still just really connects the dots for me in so many different ways yeah such a good one um, okay, a book you've given away more than others over the years. 
I just gave away again. I've given this away some. I, I wouldn't have an exact. Now I see. Oh, this is a hard question. So we ask other people. But I just gave uh, to two different friends, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. They actually hadn't heard of it um, coming up. And I love that again as a writing book and as a leadership. And uh, um, so, again, that's the most recent uh, two books I gave away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, 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 for me, I've probably got a tie between Upside Down Kingdom and C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis's Mere Christianity. So Mere Christianity was a really impactful book for me when I was in college and starting to really think through my faith more deeply and um, was given a copy of that and really kind of changed my life in many ways. Nice. Okay. Um, an app, a productivity method, a travel product, something you're currently using that you want to recommend to all our listeners. I love, I was telling students about this recently. I love this app. Maybe there's another thing that uh, the iPhone has built in now, but it's called Scannable, where I can make a PDF just by holding it over a document. And I use that regularly. Yeah. And it's um, instead of having a scanner, so Scannable, free free plug, or if you want to become sponsors of the Better Samaritan, uh, get in touch with us. Scannable. <laughs> Scannable. Scannable. <laughs> I have to tag them. Scannable well, Samaritan. That sounds, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but that sounds really useful if you're out in the field somewhere and you you really need to pass along a, along a document and you do not have a scanner. Yeah, or even so, expense reports. I do that. I don't even use uh, my scanner. Like it's on our computer anymore. So. Perfect. Carrier pigeons. <laughs> That's Jamie's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, for, for, for me, it would be um, a, an app called Nebo, which is a, like a handwriting app that you can use. But what I love about it is that, so even like, so I just landed in Oklahoma today, um, came out here to, to do a speaking uh, event. And on the flight out, one of the things I love is it's got a, a um, a document that's called like Freeform, so you can just kind of like you know download and you can expand the document. It's just you know there's no limits to the space of it, and so my thoughts rarely go in linear fashion. So uh-huh. it's a great app for me to be able to capture my thoughts as they come. So interesting. I am downloading it right now. Um, okay, a recent highlight from your. Um, cultural consumption, maybe a, a show or a composer, a movie, something that has spoken to you. I'll go. I've got one that comes to mind. Go ahead. So um, I started listening again to Johnny Cash's um, hymns for from my mother or hymns for, mm. for my mother, or maybe it was my mother's hymn book. I'm not sure. But um, there was a, a recording session that he did with American records where it goes back and, you know, looks at some of the songs that he had done. Um, I don't know. There's just something in his voice towards this end of his life that just really resonates with me. That's um, been really impactful. Wow. Kent, anything for you? I think the new one that I'm excited about diving into is the chosen, which actually I'd kind of heard about, but then some colleagues, I think Laura, you were talking about and, others so i'm like told the family hey we gotta watch we gotta watch this together so that's one that i've kept on hearing buzz about that i want to um want to do next i'm trying to think of what i i think i've been in a rut with music lately um oh we did watch some of ted lasso which i think was really popular Mm -hmm. uh, with lots of people and thought that was kind of a fun sort of had this kind of kindness humility um uh streak in it so 
that's all. Otherwise, I'm kind of you know have classical music and different music that I listen to while I while I read that I just kind of do do playlists uh, on. So yeah, it's. Can't hearing you say that it makes me realize that. I don't think I do hardly anything current up to date. Like I tend to always like my favorite jazz musicians. I don't like to listen to anybody beyond about 65 or so, right. you know, like I'm stuck in the hard bop period or you know, I'm mentioning Johnny Cash. Right. And then like yeah. you're talking about TiVo and it's like, I'm rewatching Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. A lot of people rewatching things right now. That's, that is true. Um, okay. What do you do to renew your body and mind? Yesterday, I just went out for uh, a walk, like out in uh, one of the little reserves nearby with my sister and her family. So my kids and their kids and just walking for a couple hours uh, was great. Also, it felt extra good because it was a nice day here before winter uh, arrived. So yeah, just getting out in nature in some way is always a highlight. Hikes when we can talk our kids into it are fun. Well, so for, for me, we, we, it's very similar to Kent. So we live fairly close to a local park and my kids are always teasing me because every time we go for a walk that I'm always like, I can't believe we live by a park. Like I just <laughs> love being out in nature as much as I can get out there. And then my oldest daughter um, goes to a, a college about four hours away. And one of the things that I've really loved has been a few of the trips that we've made to, to go visit her. And there's just cornfields everywhere. So like I grew up in a small little farming community of like a thousand people in the middle of cornfields. And my, I was telling my daughters and they were joking, like, how old are you? Where it was like, what was fun for us growing up was like on Sunday, like we'd pack all into my dad's old truck with the vinyl seats and we'd go around and look at the corn, you know? And they're like, we didn't believe you until, you know, like sister started going and then, you know, seeing other farmers and other people out doing that. So <laughs> Wow. Family togetherness. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you thankful for about this journey that you've been on with HDI and with each other? You know, I think for me, what I'm thankful for is just community. So I like mm. getting to work with you, Laura, and you, Kent, and our colleagues, the rest of our colleagues and the students that we're a part of. And it's just been amazing to see what they are going out and doing and how they're serving as the hands and feet of Christ to a hurting world. Mm. And it's just, you know, I, I just in awe of the way that God has worked through, you know, our students and the new students every year that he continues to bring into our program. Um, so for me, it's just the sense of community, just grateful to mm. be a part of this HCI family. Yeah, community would be one for me to to add something different. I think um, real gratitude for meaningful work, um, and which is part of you know what what ties us together as a community to feel like we're serving God's kingdom and trying to grow in love of God and love of neighbor and doing that with people who are um, really dedicated to that. Uh, the students who you know are just so inspiring in what they do, uh, working with colleagues like both of you and the rest of our colleagues. So I think that it really feels like a gift to do meaningful work where we're helping this, you know, working to step into other people's lives and help in, in really tangible ways. And so, um, yeah, deep gratitude to be part of HDI um, and all that's been happening for the last 10 years and really excited about what's ahead in the next year and the next 10 years. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. I can't wait to see what we're talking about in another 10 years. How many... <laughs> How many students graduated? What's going on? That'll be awesome. All right. Thanks, both of you. 
Thank you, Slur. Great, great having this conversation together. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Better Samaritan podcast. You can find links to the things we mentioned during this episode in the show notes. And special thanks to the brilliance for this fantastic music theme. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. You can also follow the Humanitarian Disaster Institute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll see you next week as we continue learning to do good better. This episode was brought to you in part by the Areopagus Podcast, two clergy of different traditions. Father Andrew Stephen Damick and Michael Landsman discuss encounters of historic Christianity with other religious traditions. How do we engage with those who believe differently? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.